Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the 18th episode of the Idle Hand Society podcast, where we hope to discuss and learn more about effective creative process. I'm joined today by Paul Bentz, who's freshly back from his holidays. Hello, good evening. And artist Alex Wilby. Hello. You all right, mate? How's life in sunny Margate? It's extremely hot in my studio, but otherwise um, very nice. Thank you. I mean, everyone's listening to this on a two-week delay, so at the point you hear us talking oh, right. about it, it, it might be, <laughs> yeah. it might be... No, it will be smashing down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be pissing Probably. it down and it'll be awful. It'll be snubbing by the time we get there. Yeah, exactly. So we were just chatting. So you've, you've um, only recently moved to sunny Margate, haven't you, from, from the city? This is true. Yeah, my whole life um, in London previously, uh, 38 plus, well, yeah, about 38 years in London, born there and lived there my whole life. I, I think at one time I thought I'd probably die there. You know, that was it. Yeah. I was going to be in London forever. And then I think uh, the pandemic and all that sort of kicked yeah. off. And I don't know, I think like a lot of people, I think it's been a max exodus. We didn't think about it that way, but me and my wife were just like, how about we uh, go live by the sea? You know, we've got two dogs and it seemed like a nice idea. So, yeah. You were saying um, just before we started recording that you, you felt like it might mean that you can spend more time doing your art. Has that panned out for you? Not yet. Um, I mean that is part of the yeah that 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 is part of the reason. Um, <clears throat> it's a hell of a lot cheaper li- living here than it is in London. So yeah, the, yeah, the idea is to uh, maybe work part time, maybe work not at all. And who, who knows? Uh, but yeah, definitely um, make art my sole income rather than a supplementary one. That is the dream, anyway. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's a tough reality, isn't it? It's it's something that I think every, all creatives are kind of striving for it, but. You kind of got to do yeah. it on your terms, otherwise it's going to well, be really Well, this is really the thing, tough. and um, yeah, and I, I'm kind of selfish about it as well. Um, I don't really take on commissions. I don't like freelance work. I find it all, I find, like a lot of people, I, it just fills me with anxiety, and I end up hating getting into my studio. I just want to throw canvases out the window. So uh, I kind of do my own thing when I kind of want to, and I hope <laughs> that just people like it and they buy it. So I have really cut my... Um, I've reduced my potential audience by a lot, but it brings me a hell of a lot of peace of mind. It doesn't bring me the anxiety that freelance illustration and things did anyway, that's for sure. I was going to ask you about that. What What is it that you really dislike about that that world? I don't know. I, I think a combination, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, I guess, and I have my own ideas that I dwell on and overthink and maybe I think I know what's best in a lot of situations. And when you're doing a commission for someone and they're like, you know, how about you make it orange? You're like, that's completely the wrong idea. That's an awful idea. You shouldn't do that. It's going to make it look shit. And they're like, no, 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 I think it's good. So you make it orange and they go, oh, that doesn't look very good. And, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think you go around shade of orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You go around in circles. It's, just, it's very frustrating. You know, you, you, I, I did medical illustration for a while, which was a bizarre gig that I had where I was drawing disease bladders and... Um, and uh, all kinds of awful things. And that wasn't so bad. I didn't find that because it was a kind of a scientific thing. It was like, draw this in a, in a clear and, you know, precise way. There, there wasn't an artistic input from an editor or, or um, someone who, you know, didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. But <laughs> to say, yeah, I just find the commission work very, very stressful. That's mad yeah. to me that there's still people out there commissioning... I guess they must be right. I never even thought about it, like medical illustrations. Yeah, they they do because it's a bit of an odd thing because, um, you know, the, the way that I was explained it is that, 
you know, like an MRI or an ultrasound can be read by a professional who knows what they're looking at. But if you're going to show an elderly person or something why they're dying from a particular thing, they prefer like an almost exaggerated cartoon version of, you know, whatever the thing is you're explaining. So you kind of dumb down and and sort of illustrate medical things. It's kind of an odd uh, thing what you do. It's kind of Disney-fy anatomy in a way. I don't know, it's it's, it's an odd thing. <laughs> I've got this vision now of being in a doctor's, being given some horrific news and then handed this <laughs> Disney character. <laughs> right, yeah. It's not quite like that. But it is, it's like, you know, you you know, you draw the germs bright green and you and you draw the good cells, you know, like, you know, pink or whatever. You know, it, it's all yeah, kind yeah. of a you do it on that level so it's just very clear and it's a teaching tool rather than a here's a gray smudge on a screen that makes no sense that's mad i'd literally never even thought about that have you had many gigs like that just things that maybe i wouldn't think of (laughs) not so much i mean i've I've done the average you know all the normal stuff the the logos the band covers uh, the band album covers things like that but no the uh i think the medical illustration stuff and especially yeah the urology i got heavy into urology illustration for a while uh that, yeah, that's probably the weirdest definitely <laughs> yeah, definitely it does it sounds like a strange uh career <laughs> path into yeah, yeah, into yeah. illustration very niche yes it paid it's well very niche. It, paid, it paid well and it was it was it was it was quite nice it was, it was quite interesting as well stage if i had to look for all these weird old uh textbooks and old like uh, Grey's Anatomy, like stuff. It, it, it was, it was cool. I quite never, ever in an urgent need of somebody to call, I'll give Alex a ring, right? That yeah, helps. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> do you do feel like you might be one of those um, people that you can call on, say, oh, I've got this like tingle in my <laughs> spleen? Blood, blood. Yeah, no, 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 no. Unless it's to do with a, a chronic urinary tract infection, I don't really know anything. And even there, I don't even know much about that. But um, <laughs> that, maybe, maybe you'd be a good person to call on who wants a millionaire, you know? Yeah, I just imagine it now. I could just imagine we have Alex will be uh, from Margate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul, you've got 30 seconds to tell him the question. Yeah. He's already had his 50 50. The patella <laughs> is based where in the body? <laughs> the patella is the knee. I know. Oh, it's a million pounds. Nice. I can't imagine that being the million pound question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was quite. That was definitely on the easier side. Oh God! How long have you been in? Because it sounds like you've been illustrating and that kind of stuff on and off for for quite some time. Did you get into that quite young? Yeah. um I think like most people, I, you know, I, I enjoyed drawing and things when I was younger. And I think maybe one or two went a little bit better than other people did. And, you know, maybe I remember people like in my class being like, oh, wow, that's really good. And I thought, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm good at this. And I get all this good reaction from people. So maybe I could continued that for a while. And I, and I remember young you know, like things like I got really into comics and, and looking at other drawings and things. So, yeah, it it was definitely an early passion and certainly my first passion was drawing definitely high school unfortunately i started to get into music and i thought music was cooler than drawing um (laughs) 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 for some reason music's cooler than everything (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and yeah and then and then so but i still carried on with that and uh, 
I didn't do very good at school. I kind of, um, I was a bit of a, not naughty boy, but I, I didn't really pay attention at school. I did a, I flunked out pretty bad. And then um, I, I, I did manage to get to college on like a GNVQ, like like the very entry level GNVQ program in art and design. And I just, I managed to just scrape past that as well. So I was doing art, but it wasn't, it was, it was failing because um, I was getting more and more into the idea of making music instead. And um, But tell us about your music then. What, what did you do musically? I started, I guess, what's the, where did I get into music? It's a good question. It's a very good question. Um, I think I started to get into the idea of sort of producing like drum and bass and things. I think that was the first right. thing. I remember listening to drum and bass and thinking, I really like how this is. I, I, I can hear the sections and how they're pieced together. And I think I could piece my sections together in a different way. And that would be interesting. I think I remember planning them out in my own head, like how I would do it. I just started becoming fascinated with music and then particularly drums. And then started decided that I was going to learn drums. And then, um, yeah, and I started that in high school. So I started learning drums in high school. And then by the time I got to college, I had my own drum kit. I was playing in some bands and things. And um, I thought I was, you know, that that was my thing. I was, you know, going to be a rock and roll star. That was it. Um, maybe Is that what you're playing, rock star. and roll? Well, no, I'd say <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's why I said maybe not a rock and roll star, because it definitely wasn't. I mean, what was I into when I was young at that point? Kind of got, like, I used to be really into stuff like the Beastie Boys. Um, I used to listen to a bit of metal and things, but it was mainly just kind of heavy punk slash rock kind of things. It was, it's just hard to sort of explain, really. And so I was in a few bands, and then um, and then I was gonna say, so then and then finally I was gonna go to art school. I was gonna do art school, and I was gonna do it. And I think I applied for a couple of colleges off the back of my GMVQ to do university level and then just gave up just decided that i didn't want to do art anymore and just stopped and uh decided to pursue music instead and should i continue with this whole life story yeah. or should i be doing yeah. it again? no no no, no. i'll <laughs> no, tell you what I'm, I'm i'm super interested because i i did a very similar thing to you right so i started with like photography yeah and then at the same time i was playing guitar a lot i was playing in a bunch of punk bands um uh-huh. doing doing okay you know making terrible music it it was not fit for human consumption but i I enjoyed it (laughs) and uh, i I feel like i did the same thing as you and i I spent years in enjoying music before i came back to my photography and i'm getting the sense that so you mentioned off of air i'm gonna sort of a bit of a peek behind (laughs) the curtain but you also mentioned that you did sound engineering and i did exactly the same thing yeah right cool where did you do it um, I did mine at Mid Kent College, and so mine wasn't like a university thing. No, mine wasn't either. Mine, mine was at SAE, which is um, a place in London, which is like you can get like a diploma. I I think they do a degree, but it's not it's not really a university. It's like a private college, but they've got some awesome equipment there. They've got like you know they've got like a vintage Neve desk and all this kind of really oh, old wow, school okay. stuff, like all flying faded things. They've got this whole re- like plate reverb and like they've got awesome like equipment. So you get to use real stuff, but for a very limited amount of time. But um, that's, yeah. that's proper stuff as well. That's like, yeah, yeah. Paul, just so you know, yeah. vintage Neve console is like a, like a Leica camera, you know, but like more expensive. Okay. Imagine about yeah. 24 <laughs> Leica cameras all lined up. Okay. Yeah, I, got, I, I got a question. I got a question for both of you, I suppose. So yeah. when you're, when you're, when you were mixing music or creating music, 
is it a different feeling to when you're creating art? Is 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 the or is it a, a, the same kind of space mentally? Is or is it a different a different space? I suppose to me, it's become the same. I used to think they were very separate, but over time, I've started to realize that they all overlap and they it's all the same language to me. It's 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 you know smaller pieces building up a whole like a picture. You know how you have sections of a song rather than you have you know I don't know the marks within a painting you know it's 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 like there are massive similarities and I've realized the way that I used to make music is actually how I now paint as well I used to really like distort like I used to really enjoy distortion and things I used to like I, I like heavily distorted music but I also like it to be quite structured and something that I realized that I do with painting is like I normally paint quite a neat painting and then I destroy it. I kind of take a squeegee to it and I rough up the surface. And I realize it's almost like applying a distortion effect right. through music. I'm applying distortion to the image through yeah. like manipulating it and giving it this character that's almost like happy accidents. And it was, I realized it's very similar to, to that, yeah, to that, that really way I used to produce music. And, um, I was actually going to say, like, I was sort of saving this comment for a little bit later on, but me and my other half, Tanya, were kind of looking through your work before before I signed uh-huh. on today. And something jumped out, and I'm going to give her full credit because I couldn't articulate it. I was coming up with all sorts of weird and wonderful words like distortion <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff. But she said, in a very, very cool way, like everything seems sort of uncomfortable and uneasy. Like where do you get yes. the idea for your compositions from? They're mad. They're, oh, that's they're fucking so amazing. Awesome. That's that's excellent feedback. I love that. I mean, it's, it's almost. I'm so glad it comes through because sometimes I don't think I, I, I maybe it's too subtle. It's it's not. It's, it doesn't come through. But like my love of things is that that kind of teetering on the edge of of creepy interest, like kind of humor. I, I guess the best way, like David Lynch style. I'm talking like Twin Peaks. You know, is it funny? Is it terrifying? Is it kind of, oh, nice I mean, I, one. <laughs> got the Twin Peaks tattoo, yeah. Funny enough, I was only looking the other day. Oh, shit, look, and you've got the Black Lodge in the background, the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nerdery shit. runs deep. <laughs> yeah, right. Funny enough, I was only looking the other day about looking at the um, at the Black Lodge flooring and wondering if I could get a tattoo of that. <laughs> but yeah, and... Um, do you know um do you know Limmy? You know Limmy the Scottish comedian? You ever no. watched any Limmy? No. Limmy. No, me neither. He does this, it's like surreal. It's almost disturbing. Like you you could show Limmy to two different people. One of them would piss themselves. Like think it's the most funniest thing they've ever seen. The other person would probably be disturbed and upset. It's like <laughs> you can't quite it, you don't know if it yeah. And I and I, I just love that. I just love that that unknown sort of feeling of, is it, a little bit is it weird? Is it weird or is it okay? I don't, yeah. So. I think it's really okay. I love that there's a guy with an orange face. I think you've did it like maybe a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it's, it's, but you get, you get, I, 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 something that we said to uh, Bernadette that we, you, I kind of get lost in your portraits. Like I, I'm looking at them as, as oh, a shape, you. looking at them as a shape. And then I'm kind of, you know, you get, you, you, you kind of, try to fill in those spaces but they were they were honestly really powerful really good great stuff and i was looking yeah, I, I went back to 
like really your illustrations much earlier in your work. And it's, mm. it's amazing, like how you kind of develop through your stream and how you're, you know, it, it's still there. Though. Right, it's, yeah. It's still you through the mm. whole, from, from your early work is you can trace it to, to, I suppose, much more, what do you say, blockier? Would that be the word I could use, blockier? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, something that I was always really interested in was always, like, my first real art sort of passion, like, when I was talking about being back at high school and stuff, like, graffiti was a big thing for me, and a lot of my friends did graffiti, and and that kind of language of the letters and the shapes, I think, has just kind of just been burned into me. Just, you know, graffiti is, again, talking about like music and stuff, there's a lot of similarities with that, you know, graffiti and, and the letters, it's supposed to have rhythm and it's supposed to have balance. And it's supposed to flow from one into the other. And it's, it's kind of got a, a very similar vibe, I think, to these, the, that theme that we're talking about, about, you know, art. And I think I'm just, that language has just stuck with me. A kind of clear, no, clear the word, a kind of bold, sort of chunky sort of feel to it, maybe. Is that it what you're sort of saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does have that. The thing that sort of juxtaposes mm. that, though, is the palette that you use. Right. It seems quite specific. It's very, Every it's, it's very limited. It's very limited. Right. Yeah. It's very limited, the palette I use, or generally sometimes it's three colours, It's or sometimes it's just one. Like, value and tone and is, is, is something that interests me a lot more, just the light and dark shapes playing with each other. I, I kind of... In a weird way, I kind of paint in colour a lot of the time because I feel like I should rather than because I want to. And I know that's a terrible thing to say, but... Uh, uh... <laughs> I can empathise with that. No, I can empathise with that. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. You're saying from like a black and white photo- photo- photography point of view. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Because black and white photography is timeless. It looks awesome. It's, uh, yeah, it's... It's uncomplicated. Cool. Right, exactly. We had um, my me and my wife... Um, we had our uh, wedding photographer, like we, you know, me and me and me and my wife are not the type of people that are going to pose for a photo. So we had a, we had like a guy do like journalistic style, just, you know, random candid photo- photography of our wedding. And he did it almost all in black and white. It all is great. And there's just this, I think you put one color picture in it for some reason. Oh, he sounds like a legend. Yeah. And it looks horrible. I hate the color picture though. It looks terrible. <laughs> it just, it really throws it off. It puts a, date and time on it and i don't know just doesn't work for me so i I do shoot a few weddings here and there and um that's something that i'm constantly having to stop myself from doing is delivering just 100 percent black and white because right yeah that's that's the way like if if you used to look through my personal feed and that kind of stuff everything is literally everything is black and white when i see it it must be like the same as when you're talking about your paintings it kind of Mm -hmm. removes all of the distraction and you're just forced to to look at the subject Sure. And for me, yeah. that like that's the that's that's just kind of how I imagine it, and then yeah. I end up putting color in stuff just because I feel like I should. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah. Exactly. I know. Yeah, because people like. I mean, there's a lot of painters talk about this. You know, color is color is a weird, subjective, difficult subject, and color doesn't work on its own. It doesn't work in isolation. Color only works when it's next to other colors and uh, you know a warm color is only warm if it's next to a cool color and it's it's quite a complicated dance and when people say oh i love that painting it's so colorful what they normally mean is just like or they say i love the color they just mean it's 
they I like that it's colorful, not that it's working well or it's or it makes sense or it's being cleverly painted, just that they like it because it's colorful, which is, you know, not to dumb that down, but it's there's more to they've, pictures they've than things being point. colorful. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. The, yeah there, there's more than things being colorful, I guess is what I'm saying. But, but how um, did you land on your really limited palette then? Because it is super consistent in a way that not so many painters are. Yeah, I am. I'm still trying out. I've got, I've got a ludicrous amount of paint on my trolley over there that I'm looking at. It's it's stupid. I've just got, you know, I've I've, I've bought every paint pop possible, <laughs> and I try and and I try to use them, and I sometimes do, but I'll normally do a study. You know, I'll, I'll do like a little thumbnail study. And I'll pick three colors that I think are going to work, or two colors, and and have a little go. And then if it's working, then I'll just stick to that. I don't I don't bother introducing anything else. I think I just prefer just managing it just simply like that. Just when you start to introduce color, I mean, there's I guess there's a bit of just lack of experience there as well that it kind of just gets away with you. You know, it goes wild, and then you end up just trashing paintings too frequently. But um. How big do you tend to work? Because when, when I was looking at your work, something that both me and Tanya said was like, it looks big. Is it big? Yeah. No, it's not currently. It's not currently very big at all. I mean, I, I have painted big things. I've painted outside like 40 foot high and stuff, like huge things. But uh, no, a lot of my recent paintings you've probably been seeing are not bigger than like 30 centimeters. Wow. So, um, why is that? Then? Yeah, they're like. Why, why um, am I looking at that thinking it looks? I mean, obviously, this is the thing yeah. with Instagram, right? It sort of just destroys all of your intent and all of your. Um, I know. Like perceptions. So you look at ev- everything is a tiny little square. Yeah. So I know. What, what do you reckon that is? Why am I looking at these little squares of yours and thinking that looks fucking huge? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I know what you mean, though. Even my friend. Um, like one of my art, those friends came around recently and I, I don't know if you said there, there's a painting I did, which is like the back of a jacket. It's like a guy looking away. It looks like he's wearing a big bin bag. It's just it's like a black like, jacket. I've, I've seen that painting. It's got like the orange on the bottom. That, right? That's right. Yeah. And he came around and he was like, oh my God, it's tiny. And like, he thought it was like four foot high or something. It does. It looks and it's like It's like about 30 by 40 centimeters or something. So, I mean, it's like, like an A3 piece of paper, I guess. That's mad. Um, That's mad. Yeah. I also really uh, like the way you uh, you observe light. I've noticed that everything is lit really nice, and particularly when you do like the monochromatic stuff. Sure, I feel right. like it almost it's almost like you've spent a lot longer on on the texture of the thing. Yeah, there's, there's one particularly. I, uh, it's it's like a lady. Um, I can't remember. I'm not going to sit and try and describe something over over a podcast. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, there's been a few. What happened between your early illustration stuff and the more recent painted stuff? Because I'm guessing yeah. there was like some flash of inspiration somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I guess back to, um, so back to the music. So, right. So, yeah, I might as well just finish the music bit first, if that's right. So, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. So, I did music. So, I ended up studying sound engineering, decided the music was my thing. I bought an absurd amount of equipment. I had a huge setup, like a whole home studio setup of all kinds of things and pedals and, and, and weird and wonderful gadgets. And I attempted to make music for many years. But uh, I became incredibly disillusioned with that. I got very frustrated with it. Um, How come? I used to love it. That's a good question. I used to find that making music was this immediate thing. 
I remember it being an immediate reaction. I think when I had drums and I could play drums and I started basically, I had like really early music programs, like a really dumbed down version of Cubase or Logic or something. I remember it being a simple process. But as time went on and home studios and home equipment expanded, it became like you had to, you had to literally be <laughs> a mastering engineer to make anything in your bedroom anymore. And I, I kind of got frustrated with equipment. I just wanted to make music immediately. I wanted it to be reaction. You know, I just wanted to yeah, do yeah. it. I didn't want to have to load up a load of stuff and have crashing sound cards. And, and I, just, I just felt that I was restricted in some way. I used to get very frustrated by it. I mean, I might have just been an angry person anyway, but I blamed it all on the music. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that went on for a bit. And um, this whole time, I, I did always think about art. I thought about drawing and painting all the time. And when I'd go out and get drunk or I'd get high or whatever, I'd normally end up drawing, like, you know, but on the backs of pieces of paper on, on takeaway menus and things. So I was drawing right. and thinking about it, but I wasn't doing it. It wasn't a practice, if you know what I mean. That's really interesting. And then, um, and I'd been, so I was still looking at, I was still looking at graffiti. I was still sort of looking at art and things and enjoying it. And then um, I think when I was about, 28 maybe i just decided that that was it i sold all my music equipment i put it all on ebay the whole lot In one down to, yeah just i'd put everything uh old tape delay pedal uh like tape delay things i had i had uh, i had so much shit it was ridiculous i kept the vinyl i kept like a few hundred vinyl that i had but otherwise all the music stuff went on ebay and that was it i just cleared my bedroom out and it was empty and uh so talk to me about that thought process right because, I mean, I, I, I'm in a similar position to you. I've got horrendous amounts of gear, but I, I don't know if I've quite got myself to the point yet where I'm ready to part ways with it. <laughs> right, yeah. So what, what went through your mind? I, I kind of felt bogged down by it. I kind of felt it was like this thing I was supposed to be doing. And I think I felt, it's, 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 it's a different, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about what it was myself. I remember being very good at it. I remember being good at music. And just the longer I did it, I just felt that I just did, I just got worse. I just felt like I just, I just didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I found it frustrating. And um, just having it around sort of made me, just pissed me off a bit, I think. And, and, and that probably coincided with my late 20s when I probably could have done with a little bit of extra cash because I was pissing up the wall. So, um, I think a quick eBay injection was needed at the time. So yeah, I just I just put it all on eBay, sold it all. Which... I can't I can't imagine doing it. Do you, do you think maybe you were just I was going to say bored? Like... <laughs> maybe I don't know what I was. It was a kind of weird time. It's not like music now. I, 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 like I think at the time I was doing that. I mean, it, maybe MySpace was still a thing, but. I don't know, the kind of posting and YouTube and the bedroom musician boom that is now hadn't quite started yet. You were still quite isolated at the time I'm talking about. You kind mm. of, you made it for yourself and showed it to your friends, but you weren't posting it on social media and getting it part of any sort of community. It was very much do it on your own kind of thing. And yeah. I, maybe that was what was lacking. I wasn't, yeah, it wasn't being, yeah, it wasn't being validated, or I wasn't really getting any out anything out of it. I mean, I'm not saying every creative output needs to be validated. You can do things for yourself, but I don't know. I think I thought that it was going to be so so much of a thing for so long, and then it wasn't. And maybe that I was bitter about it. I don't know. 
But if I took Instagram away from you tomorrow, would you stop painting? <laughs> no, for this is the thing. I think it's a bit different with art. We do discuss this, me and me, my friends quite often. You know, if, if there was no audience, would, would you still paint? I would definitely still paint. Maybe I would paint different things, though. I sometimes really? think the subject would be different. Not, not completely different. I think um, I would be less caring, maybe. I think. What would, uh, what would you paint if, if no one was looking? Yeah, exactly. What would I paint? Would I just be, I'd just do abstract. I'd just, I'd just paint with my hands, just big abstract nonsense. No, I don't know. It is a difficult, I mean, that conversation, we, we talk about this, me and some of my other painter friends about, you know, is our taste and our output just an accumulation of everything that we've enjoyed and seen up to this point, you know, probably is. And, mm. and we're just reproducing it. But for what purpose? Sorry, I'm trying to think it out loud here. If, if, if really no one, if there really was like an iRobot situation, no, not iRobot, the other one. What's the other Will Smith film where he's left on his own? Oh, I don't know. Was that the one where it's, he's like in with the vampires? Yeah, it's like he's, he's the last person on earth. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Someone is um, screaming right now at their headphones, like <laughs> properly screaming. And I, I'm sorry, whoever you are. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, I thought you meant one of us. No, uh, it's the one. It was based on the book. It was based. Oh God, it's on the tip of my tongue, bastard. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but the that, Will Smith one. So, so if, if you were Will Smith in, in the if movie... If I was in that situation, there really was no one. There was no one left. No one is ever going to see it. Would I still be going up into my studio once a day, you know, putting on my canvas and doing portraits? Would I? I don't know. You Ooh. don't know? Yeah, okay, you, let, let's approach this it's from the other angle then. Yeah, take a step <laughs> take, let's take a step back. Yeah, let's take a step back. So... You said you might be doing no, something else. Would, you might still I would, be painting. I would so still what paint would you paint? I just enjoy drawing. I just don't know if I would paint the same subjects. I don't know. What subjects would you be painting? Do you reckon? I think maybe they'd be less less figurative. Maybe they would just be even more basic in shape. Because that's the kind of thing I'm trying to about. I'm trying to... My paintings are kind of just... I see them as an abstract painting in, in a sense, which painting is, I guess. you know, But it, they can be more abstract. Right? Yeah. I mean, some things are more so than others. You get on one end of the spectrum, you've got full abstract painting and the other like hyper-realism, whatever. But it's just shapes and, 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 and nice fitting shapes and having dark against light and colours. So I think maybe I'd just take that even further. Maybe that's what I'd paint. Just, just geometric shapes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's I think really... everything's abstracted. I... The second you put it in, a, in, in like any kind of a frame, the second it's a rectangle sure. or a square or a circle, or whatever, right? You've taken it out of its original context. And I feel like everything from yes. that point forward is abstracting it further and further. Sorry, that was a yes. little bit meta. but it... yeah. No, 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 no. It totally <laughs> is. I totally agree. So, um, Alex, what, what's your biggest regret? My biggest regret? I mean, I guess I should really inform that this coinciding of stopping art getting into music and then not doing art for 10 years kind of parallels what most people would consider maybe a wild lifestyle, I think is the best way to put it. <laughs> I, uh, I spent a long time abusing myself <laughs> is the best way to put it. Is, I mean, that's the real, like, I'd say that's not the real reason. That's a, definitely a big reason. The reason that I flunked out of art school, got into music and then didn't do art for a long time is because I think I just enjoyed getting drunk and high a lot more for a long time. Without those experiences, do you think you would be yeah. doing what you're doing now? This without, is the thing. Without the this ecstasy. The without the ecstasy. Without the ecstasy. <laughs> right. <you> are today. <laughs> right, exactly. 
I don't, th- I don't think I would be. I don't think I would be. I honestly think it changed me. I, I honestly can have, I, I can date it and remember the experience so clearly. Right? <laughs> and I wasn't creative I mean, before, before this point. Yeah. Honestly, like, it's really weird, but I wasn't. I, I might have been, but I, I didn't draw. I didn't take pictures. I, and then my friends... And then, and then you were touched by God. <laughs> my friends introduced me to, ex- to ecstasy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, is this... Is this... That was it. That was it. Yeah. I don't know. It's... it's yeah, yeah. But I do, I do think, <laughs> I do think, I do think it must inform how you see the world, right? Even, no, even when you're not on drugs, right? It did, it did, it did. I mean, I used to think that it was a regrettable thing, like why I, I could have been that person in his bedroom or in you know, working hard, and I could be ten years ahead than I am now. Yeah, I, I could be ten years better at the technical aspect of painting. And I was talking about this with a friend the other day, but a friend who was a painter who who did do the opposite. He did through, for he said, through a couple of just social anxieties, maybe too much weed smoking, didn't really go out a lot of his youth. He spent a lot of his youth, a lot of his teenage years and his early 20s just inside painting. And he got quite good at painting, but he says he regrets it from the other angle. Stuff. He says that he looks at my 10 years of wild ending up, you know, I did, I did some stupid shit, you know. I, I ended up in some wild, weird places, probably came close to some serious injury and death a few times. Some serious death. <laughs> yes, yeah, a serious death. And I have some great stories to tell for it. A lot of regrets, but also some great stories. And he says that he misses that side. It's like, I didn't do that. And I said, so I guess, oh, yeah, I guess you're always going to have one or the other. I mean, the, uh, a, a balance would be nice, but that's, that's, that's wishful thinking. I'm just glad I didn't spend years watching TV. Because that would that would right, truly exactly. felt like a yeah. waste of time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just played PlayStation for ten days. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you know um, Nicholas Uri. You know Nick- Nicholas Uribe. I, I can never pronounce his surname correctly. He's a bit of a he's a bit of like a legend painter amongst um, sort of my collective, like the the Kano group and stuff. We kind of look look up to him quite a bit. It's safe to say, is he in the Kano? He he, he kind of is. He he. He paints us a lot. He wouldn't be an official member. He's just affiliated in, in a way. But he's he, he's an incredible painter. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, guys. He's, um, he has a YouTube channel called Our Painted Lives, which is he does for free. He doesn't even a- advertise on it. He paints five days a week. He records it and talks about his process. And he's made the hundreds of videos now. He's been doing it for two oh, wow. years almost. And it's just, it's probably the best painting education anyone could ever have. For free, for you to start watching those. Yeah, I mean, it's and he and, and and he delves on everything for the philosophy of art, color, the history, and everything about the every aspect of image making you could possibly think of. And this guy's, a, you know, he's he's in sounds like our kind of guy, Paul. Um, yeah, but he's amazing. I want to watch. Yeah, no, see, see Alex, me. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. He um he said that he once talked about my drawings, and he said that there was like a kind of dark humor to them. And I really like that. And like you're saying, would I have developed that kind of dark humor if I had spent my youth, yeah, watching TV or whatever? Or was it those years spent meeting the people I did and doing the things I did that developed that personality? I guess it probably did. I I reckon it almost uh, It must have, right? Everything that you do, every small micro micro transaction action they must somehow bleed into what you like every time you're looking at instagram and you're doom scrolling and you're going oh that's good yeah that's yeah. good oh my god i'm shit 
That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't do any of that anymore. You don't no, do no, scroll no, no. I don't scroll at all, mate. I go don't. on there when you tag me in a post like earlier. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've given up. I don't interact too much on uh, Instagram. I kind of do like Instagram, but I just don't find it. It's a, it, it's a platform for interacting with people very well. The kind of the comments like as a platform for conversation it, it, it's not really that it's it's a platform for likes isn't it and that's about it i think and it, it's it's very good for me and other eyes it's like an online portfolio that people that a lot of people use but i think it kind of stops there it doesn't extend to much conversation really or any <laughs> any quality no, conversation no. I, anyway. mean, I, I wrote an article quite recently about exactly that it feels like it's really good at the media part and not so good at the social part you know sure yeah which i think is the angle they're going for but um so i sold my music so i just uh, i just I feel like i should finish this. <laughs> come on alex get to the end mate. get to the end <laughs> so i finished my <laughs> so i sold my music stuff and then bizarrely my father-in-law bought me a first generation ipad and i downloaded sketchbook pro i think or maybe procreate was out by that point no i think that came later i don't know sketchbook pro and i started drawing on it and it was like a way that I guess a a way of being able to draw immediately without any fuss. I could just delete it afterwards. I think by this point I'd been thinking about drawing for so long and painting, but the concept of doing it was overwhelming. It's like I've been thinking about it for 10, 12 years of a drunken haze. One day I'll get back to drawing, you know, and just telling myself over and over again, one day I'll get back to drawing. And I just obviously that, that I think that that pressure of it being a, a failure and, and a load of shit was just overwhelming. So I just never did until this iPad came along. And I was like, wow, I really enjoy drawing. It was great. And then that was it. Um, about 29 years old, I uh, decided that after a 10-year hiatus from art, I was going to be an artist again. And I just started drawing. And I mean, I obsessively drew just continuously every day, all night, I just sit with headphones on and just draw, 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 draw. It just was ridiculous. Um, I've got stacks and stacks. No, start on the iPad, and as I got more comfortable, went just to paper, and then started just, just yeah, just drawing paper, pens, pencils, all that kind of business. And I've got stacks and stacks and stacks of reams, like yeah, just thousands of sheets of paper that I drew on for like almost ten years. Yeah, and then that was that sort of the how I got back in. How that. long was it that you were on the iPad before you were immediately back on the physical analog stuff? Maybe a year or so. I just doodle away, and draw while, things, because and... I'm guessing that must have been back in the day where it, there wasn't even an Apple pencil then, right? Oh, it sucked. You had to buy like a little shitty rubber stylus thing. There was no pressure sensitivity. It was like a little nipple rubber thing that like would always they it kind of had a horrible drag to it as well. It, it was it was it was it was an awful experience. <laughs> and you kept that up for twelve months. Yeah, practically, and 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 I'd lose things all the time as well. I wouldn't save them, and I'd draw for like hours, and then they, everything crashed on the first generation iPad. <laughs> Sucked. Oh, I, I bad feel like days, you need that, bad though, times. Right? That, that's all then, part of the lesson. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, then just started drawing again, started taking it more seriously, and um, that was kind of it. I mean. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if, I don't know why you know this, but I actually only started painting maybe, let's think, maybe 20 months ago. Really? That's, that's, that is yeah. mind-boggling. That's blowing my small mind. <laughs> <laughs> and mine. Um, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, about 20 months ago, I took a weekend Sunday painting course at the London Atelier of Representational Art to learn. And I painted some models with a tutor called Charlie Pickard, who's now a friend. Yeah, uh, I started painting there. Um, <laughs> Did you just take to it like a duck to water? Yeah, I, or was I it think a bumpy I, landing? I've drawn, I've done a lot. I like a lot of drawing and I've thought about painting a huge amount. This might sound weird, but I've been painting, I think, in my mind. Someone that's up to the piss out of me this other day said it was like, what's her face from uh, the Queen's Gambit? I was lying in bed at nighttime and instead of chess pieces, I was You're painting. I was, I was picturing paintbrushes and canvases. But, uh... <laughs> she spent a lot but, of time uh, taking drugs as I, well. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to stay off exactly. the wacky backy there, Alex. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. But, <clears throat> but I did. I, 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 I would look at paintings and imagine how they were done and how I would do them. And I'd obsessively think about painting. I kind of convinced myself that I was going to be able to paint as soon as I started painting. I, I honestly, I think I'd convinced myself that. And, and how was that for you? Did, I wasn't you as good as I thought immediately. <laughs> I or? As, yeah, I wasn't as good as I thought I was going to be. That's for sure. Mate, Jimi um, Hendrix learned to play guitar on like a broom handle, didn't he? So yeah, right. <laughs> oh, not quite there yet, but uh, I just, I mean, I think, I think just. I've heard a lot of really experienced artists say that, you know, drawing is really is the foundation of all of it. You can't spend enough time, you know, drawing. It's, it's, it will inform your painting more than anything. You, you get a lot of painters who aren't very good at drawing and it tells. You, you can see it. It's, uh, yeah. What was, what's, what's some telltale tell signs of a, a badly drawn picture? I'll show I you. Think ju- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I think um, rhythm is a big part of it. You know, when you, when you draw a lot, you learn that as one shoulder goes, you know, a shoulder goes from one shoulder and then there's a neck in the way and then another shoulder, that through line from one shoulder to shoulder should be a nice sweeping action. You know, it's almost like your mind should be able to connect that shoulder to the other shoulder without there being a line between them. But the whole picture is like that. You know, every line and every part of it should be flowing one into the other. And a really well-drawn picture is like that. When you see a poorly drawn picture, it's it's like it's Nothing been connects. stuck together poorly. It's like, yeah, bits are kind of flying off and not connecting. And if you were to remove the neck, you'd see the one shoulder was heading off to an ear and the other one, the other, you know what I mean? That I've seen you that, do this intentionally, Alex. I've seen, yes, like, I've seen yes, portraits you where you've put somebody's ear like... <laughs> about an ear higher than it should be and for some bizarre reason you look at it and you still think it looks great uh, what's going on there <laughs> yeah i guess um you can force it you can um there's a kind of i think i think i was funny enough i was only talking about this the other day like a certain amount of conviction if it if it looks like like how can i how's a good way of explaining this Sometimes paintings are poorly put together like that. I think um, a painter called Rupert von Kaufmann, who's an, an amazing painter as well. Is he the guy that's really blue and inky? Is that that? Is that he does him? a lot of purpley kind of paintings. They're really I'm, abstract, I'm really a bit colorblind, so I'm maybe, maybe I'm just oh, picking this up as blue. They're, they're really surreal. They're almost like collaged paintings of multiple figures and right. bits of things floating around and stuff. But he, he's an incredible painter, and he, and he paints it all from his mind. It's 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 he, he, none of its reference. He paints entire scenes with zebras and humans and buildings, and it's just he just paints it out, out of his head. But he says uh, like loads of it's wrong. 
loads of it's anatomically incorrect. Load of it is doesn't really make sense perspective-wise. But, you know, he's painted it with some balls to say, like, this is how it was supposed to look. Right, I painted right. this, it's 12 foot high, it's really bright, and I meant to paint it this way. And people forgive that. You know, they kind of look at it and go, all right, fair enough. I'll forgive that that guy's head is way too small. I remember speaking to an old jazz guy once. He watched my terrible punk band. I think he was like the <laughs> father of someone else that was in another band. And he was telling me about mistakes because obviously I made yeah. a lot of mistakes being in a punk band. I spent more time <laughs> yeah. jumping around. That was more important to me some, for some reason than, than actually sure. playing the right thing. But he was like, the trick is to a mistake, son, that when you make the mistake, you need to make it another three times just to make sure they know that you would deliberately <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's almost like coming back to that thing where you were saying about the rhythm, right? Maybe it's something to yeah. do with that. Yeah, well, yeah, because once it's repeated, it, 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 it's become like a phrase, right? On One on its own sticks out. It's like... You kind of do that. There's like a language to a painting. Um, if 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 you painted a painting with a thick, wide, square brush for ninety five percent of it, and then right at the end you put one or two lines with a thin brush on top of it, they're going to look so alien and out of place on that painting. You've got to repeat those moments so they're they're part of the language of the painting because on their own they're just going to disturb. And I guess that's the same, right? If you made that mistake once, it's going to be noticeable. You repeat it a few times, it feels like it's part of the performance, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're nearing getting up at time, but there is one other topic that I do desperately want to talk to you about, particularly yeah, yeah. Uh, what people can't see over the audio is that you actually have a Kano tattoo on your arm. So <laughs> I do. I, I, do. I, I know the whole Kano collective is, is a little bit more of a recent thing for you. But yeah. How did you walk into that? At the time, it, it, it was it was going on. It was early days of that group. But uh, Milo Hartnell, um, one of the um, one of the sort of founding guys of Kenya and a fellow artist, uh, he's an awesome artist. He uh, he 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 set up a patron or a pa- Patreon patron Patreon something like that account. Yeah, one of those things where you have a tiered system. Yeah, where you can get tuition. And I always liked this guy's paintings. I thought they were awesome. And he was going to be putting uh, tutorials and videos up. And it was right at that exact time that I was starting painting. So I was going to start my weekend course at Lara. And I was like, oh, and this guy, you know, I like this guy's painting. Maybe I'll sign up to his patron. He really liked my drawings. He thought they were awesome. And he immediately dropped me in a, um, he was like, oh, I'm going to drop you in this WhatsApp group. And it was fucking insane. It's like I went from just like signing up to this guy's patron for like five pound a month or something to being dropped in this WhatsApp chat with like every one of my art heroes in like one day. Him, the entire group of this other artist called the 404, which is like Dennis D'Alessio and Hilary Butterworth and Steppi Demir, all these other people. Nicholas Uribe was in there. People from the contemporary British portrait painters. It was just this huge group of painters. And he was like, oh, here you go. Hey, everyone, this is Alex. Check, like, check out his drawings. It was mine. It was, yeah, really crazy. That's mad. And, um, yeah. And it was just from that, like, oh, man, your drawings are great. They're awesome. And I was like, yes! It got <laughs> from, like, it'd been so long of this kind of, like, I'd paint things and people would be like, why is his head, like, so weird? And, like, or, like, why is he blue? And I'd be like, because I don't, I just wanted to make him blue. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, like, why, why, why is it so square? You know, I'd be just questions like that and i was suddenly dropped into this group in kenya and all the things those things were like they were like fuck yeah like that guy's head is amazing and like his shapes <laughs> are like incredible and like i'm so glad he's blue like that's like the response <laughs> i got and it was just everything it was just all came at once i was like finally and then 
I just, that was it. I just, yeah, fuck it. Painting, drawing, painting, drawing. And then 20 months later, it seems to have taken off quite well for me. I'm glad he's blue as well, Alex. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Thank me, you. me too. And then I guess just being a bit of um, just muscling my way in, um, I became very friendly with Milo and Co. And uh, I sort of got made, they, they, they call me Dadmin. I'm one of the older people um, in Kenya, so I kind of bring a slightly dad energy. I don't know if that's dad <laughs> jokes or dad energy or what to the whole group. Just being um, the voice so, of reason sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So they, they go take the piss out of me a bit and call me dad men, but uh, I kind of, um, yeah, I'm sort of one of the people steering the ship these days. But yeah, it's great. It's really cool. It's a great group to be in. Yeah, I mean, I, I've sort of recently discovered a lot of artists in that group and I don't know anything mm. about art, right? I'm a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a Luddite, you know, and right, I, just, right. I, just, I just know what I like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's based on that. What interested me about it is everything that I enjoyed. You know, I grew up as a skater, a bit of a punk, graffiti, hip hop. It was like everything to me has been anti it's like being counterculture kind of vibe you know do it yourself non-apologetically kind of energy that's that's the whole thing and so Kenya was that it was like i'd stumble on figurative painting there wasn't a stuffy academic thing there wasn't a load of people being elitist and wanky about it it had like this kind of skater energy to it and i was like this mm. is fucking perfect and that's yeah that must be uh, quite liberating as well right it must kind of be yeah like quite yeah 100 yeah, and a lot of people have that same thing. They they've come from they've gone to art school. They want to paint, but they don't want to be academic painters. They don't want to you know, they don't want to paint nude women standing on podiums. They kind of want to paint selfies of people like doing normal. Th- you know, they're just a different vibe to it. So yeah, can I, can I, I know this is a, maybe a, a bit of a weird question, but when you come to write about your work, how yeah. how, how 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 would you contextualize it? Like, do you think that's because I think that's that's the bit I think not coming from that that background and that that university background where you're taught how to contextualize your work yeah do you, do you, well, find, yeah. That, do you find that difficult in the past I've got my friend Rob Makin who's a writer to just do it for me and he <laughs> and he puts together some bullshit that we laughed about but uh <laughs> he sort of just he sort of overdoes it like almost tongue-in-cheek and we just have our own in joke like people are going to think that's serious but uh uh, to tell you the truth, I haven't had to do it for a while. I had to write a very small bio recently, and it was very painful. Give me the first sentence, Alex. Come on. <laughs> Did I do it in third person? Did I oh, think that I was going to be my question. Did, yeah, you know did I do it in third person, or did I? Oh, God, I think I might have. I normally told, try to talk a little bit about that. It's not about likeness for me. It's not about, you know, about representation. It's It's more of sort of like a an exercise in balance and shape and rhythm. But that I, I talk, talk, talk a little bit I, about I'm going to add emotion as well. I think it's really emotionally strong mm. as well when I look at your work. I feel, oh, no, okay. I think you can connect to it. Like, I think it feels like, it feels like you, you, you've lived, and I think, like we talked about, we touched on it earlier, but I think like you wouldn't have got to where you are with your, your painting unless you've lived and had those experiences. And it can, you can kind of, I think, yeah, they're blocky and they're beautiful and they're, they're, they're sometimes sometimes you feel slightly uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. but, I, but I think they 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 put they force you to think about them, which is yeah, that's great. I mean, I, 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 they have been really well received, and like you know, I'm 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 always shocked that you know I've 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 got the following and some of like some of the people that I've got me- messages from people that I would never imagine to have got messages from 
like painters that I really, really look up to have said, you know, great paintings. And I'm like, what the fuck, really? So yeah, I mean, people seem to like them and that's that's awesome, obviously, because... Um, Has that changed the way you approach them? <laughs> Has it? I mean, sometimes I wonder if it, it's... No, to tell you the truth, it hasn't. I always try nice to, to do better. Yeah, I strive to make them better. and But I don't think so. I mean, I was thinking... Thankfully, it's all been quite consistent. Every painting has done a little bit better than the last one. If it keeps going that way, great. I think if maybe all of a sudden I start posting paintings and they completely tank, I'm only getting, you know, <laughs> no appreciation, no one likes them, no one comments in, no, no one's buying them, then maybe I can start to be sad about it. But at the moment, they seem to be... Uh, I don't even think you need to be, to be sad okay. about it then. You just go to draw on your <laughs> geometric shapes that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, this is true. I just... Yeah, go ahead. Then it means you're free, right? Okay. And then there's the shackles. I'm going to end you on a, on a deep, deep question here, Alex, right? I'm digging yes. deep, deep question. So do you, believe, do you believe um, in the afterlife? And if so, what does it look like to you? Uh, I don't believe in the afterlife. I believe, as Kyle from South Park quite cleverly said, I think the afterlife is going to be a lot like it was before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> that's great isn't it that's yeah. <laughs> gonna be a empty black nothingness that's what it's gonna be <laughs> uh, there you go it's a nice happy fabulous. ending to that fabulous <laughs> and, and one more one more <laughs> we'll end it on a positive note I think Dan don't you? yeah okay what's one tiny thing that brings you joy one tiny thing I really like if you're hoovering up yeah if you're hoovering you're vacuum cleaning and an unexpected tiny little bit of plastic or something rattles up the hoover and you hear it fly up the tube and then disappear into the bag. Oh, Absolutely nice. love that. That's, love that's that. my all-time favourite answer, Alex, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Is, I, I, I like it I when you sometimes it, pick a ball up like a, from a tiny piece of Lego and you go... Yeah, 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 great. But that doesn't work when you're mowing though, right? It's the opposite. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disaster. It's like a bloodbath. <laughs> he accidentally run over a slug Legs and arms going everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrifying. Okay, right. I feel like I've just managed to tank the whole conversation. So I think we'll move swiftly on to our shout-outs. Well, I've mentioned him a few times, but Milo Hartnell, obviously, he's um, he's incredible. I think Bernadette might have mentioned him, though. So, But he's just like, if people are listening and they haven't checked him out, he's definitely worth checking out. That guy's on a, a whole new level. And Dennis D'Alessio as well, he's, um, he's, a, he's a great painter and illustrator. I think his drawings are totally awesome. I really love them. They are both Kenyo people, though, so I feel like I'm plugging myself here a little bit. No, man, you're but, good. Um, you, can plug, you can plug as many Kenyo people. Plug away, as a, plug away. To be fair, I'm like, you guys are all super talented. I, don't, I think you could just sort of... <laughs> it's, you can't uh, make Kenya. Hopefully not. Um, I mean, we've... Yeah. I think... Um, yeah. I was trying to think about something, just something interesting that I saw recently. Just, but lately, I've kind of stopped looking at it because recently I bought a Digitac sampler drum machine. Okay. Because I know I said I gave up music forever. And recently, after a huge hiatus, I bought a piece of music equipment. How, how are you finding the Digitac? Because they they've, of... got, they've, got like, um, they've got like a more synthesizer one as well, right? It's not yeah, just the drum machine. The they've got like two. Digi, Digitone, which is an FM synth. Yeah, it's very similar. Same size and sort of setup. I think it's awesome, man. It's crazy. It's it's the weirdest little box. It's you can do exactly what I wanted. I was saying earlier on about I want to be able to reactively do something rather than you know piece it together like in a sequencer. It's 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 an odd thing. You can 
it's it's like playing an instrument rather than a drum machine. It's right. a very it's cool. You sort of set the parameters and just let it do its own thing. And it's it's I'm just having fun with it. I'm not I don't plan on posting anything or making anything cool with it. I just after a long day of painting, I put my headphones on and and beep, boop, 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 you know make some drum noises. <laughs> I was actually I was actually going to ask if we can hear anything anywhere, but so this, oh, is, <laughs> this is all just for for your Alex, own pleasure. I was going to say yeah. as well if you were ever if you ever want to be a radio DJ, you've got a perfect voice for a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, really? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll have to come um, on as a third host. Yeah, well, I'm dreading having to hear it come back and just be like, oh, dear God, is that what I sound like? It, I, it, it never gets any better. No, ever. I'm, I'm telling no, you, as a man that has to listen to his own voice for God knows how many hours every week, it literally never gets any better. You're it should come with some comfort. You're a narcissist, Dan, anyway. You like it, don't you? Listening to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I yeah, did. I can't I even go along with the joke. <laughs> So that thing's a little bit like the, uh, was it, the Akai MPC or whatever? Yeah, which is what I used to be used to, use things like NPCs and stuff. Um, but it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's quite different than that. It's, 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 a, it's a cool little machine. It's a fun little thing. And I can see why people like it. I can see why people hate it. It's really cool. It's like, it's, it's the trick, not to get super geeky, but it's the trig parameters that make it so interesting. Instead of saying, I want this pad to play or I don't want this pad to play, you can say, I want that pad to play, but... I only wanted to play 33% of the time. Or I only want that pad to play if that pad played. And I want that pad to play once every four bars. So you kind of give it, define all these parameters. And then when you press play, it kind of will create a random composition based right. on the parameters you told it to. Oh, that's so so all these happy accidents are happening the whole time. And you're like, oh, that was incredible. So like you, instead of you hard programming it, and that's what's really nice about it. I feel like I'm in, I'm about to lose us maybe 50% of our audience, but I did, <laughs> I did spend a little while trying to get into modular synthesis. Within yes. days of starting, I managed to blow up like 350 quid's worth of module. So, Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. They're just too easy to plug in backwards. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I've always been interested in stuff like that, but yeah, I just, I, I, my, my knowledge of synthesis is, is very small. I know how to make a couple of noises, but I've got a friend, uh, Seppu, who's in, who's in um, Kenya as well, and he's got a huge setup, yeah, and all kinds of gadgets and things all plugged in, 2,000 wires and flashing lights going. I reckon there's a huge crossover of artists and yeah. photographers and God knows who else, and people that are also into synthesizers. I think there's probably a big crossover. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know we haven't touched on it earlier on, but there is definitely, I mean, we always talk about it. There is not... Some people are just painters, and I think some people are just one thing, but I find all these things are interchangeable. And if you like creating things and making things and, and making things yourself and stuff, then I think they all, they all lend to each other, and you, and, 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 you can, and you can chop and change, I think. I Absolutely. think it's easy to I do think, so. I think that's why we set up the Idle Hand Society, was mainly mm. because of that. There's all these different connecting things that people just miss out on. Sure. Your uh, what? Your eighteenth episode. I only said it earlier on eighteenth episode, and I already feel like in the last eighteen hours, I've learned so much by speaking to different people, like directors and colorists and Excellent. other photographers and artists. And sure, sure. It, I don't know. It just I feel like I'm sponging up so much information. Yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. a bit like a cheat code. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of how I've done it. That's I. I feel in some ways I fast-tracked art education by absorbing as much as I can. I, I've really badgered some people. I've done a lot of workshops. I've done a lot of reading. I'm kind of absorbing 
collective information. I know you can work out a lot yourself, but I think there's something to say that right. people that know their shit already is worth listening to. They, they can tell you a lot of stuff. Very good. Yeah, there is something about going hat in hand to someone and going, I know nothing. Yeah. Where do I start? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. You're not going to get that out of YouTube, right? No. Well, uh, and, unless you check out Our Painted Lives by Nicholas Uribe, then you are going to get it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> Paul, mate, have you got a shout out for us this week? Yeah, this this week I'm going for um, a musician, believe it or not, on on a music vibe. Um, I don't know if any of you boys have heard of Max Richter. Have you? You probably have. Yeah, yeah. As in the Uh, pianist, he does soundtracks and things. Yeah, yeah. I really, I I got into his like. He did this thing called Sleep. Have you seen it? It's like it's basically eight and a half hours of one piece of music, and yeah, put it on when you go to bed, and it yeah. It's like this, it apparently plays with your consciousness and it's amazing. Like I, really... I love it. I actually just listen to that while I'm in the studio or something. I, I really like stuff like that, kind of a really minimalist piano kind of stuff, Philip Glass and Max Richter and all that. Yeah. I it's amazing. I, I, I've just come across him, so it kind of blew my, again, my small Welsh mind. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, it's cool. this is special. <laughs> so what is it, like an ambient? Yeah, it's difficult. It's, it is. It's, it's... Um, I was reading his bio now, and it says, Richter's work embodies both the rigour of the classical tradition and the experimentalism of contemporary electronica. Easy for you to say. (laughs) Disarming in its honesty, his music, despite its underlying sophistication, remains accessible. There's a man that knows how to write about himself in a fair person. (laughs) (laughs) He's paid somebody for that, and he... I don't know. You don't know. Like he could just be writing that by himself. I've never written about myself yeah. in the third person. I might start talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird thing to do. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not very good at selling myself in that way. I've, 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 I've fallen short a couple of times. I've been invited to things like I've gone to an arts club one time by someone who told me that they really like my work. I should go along, and then I never heard from them. And I found out many, many, many months later that they just said that my complete self-deprecating lack of confidence and they just didn't care. They said that my work was excellent. They would have gone with me if I turned up and been like, I'm the shit, I'm great, you need to hire me. Because I just can't do it. I just don't know if I can do that sell, you know, turn up and have that arrogant confidence like that. (laughs) I just don't know. It's just not in me to do it. Paul's good at that. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I think you can. I think I. I, I think you can um... meet halfway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to tell you the truth, I probably did the worst job I could have done. I uh, like you know, <laughs> and I really did. I, I think I was going for a bad patch in it. <laughs> I think I was very negative about myself. I could have probably been maybe not overly positive, but at least not negative. Maybe that would have helped. But I've yeah. always found that if you make it about them as a client that kind of helps because then you don't yeah. have to talk about yourself positively whatsoever. You can just talk about them and I'm much better at talking about them than talking about me. Can I ask you one oh. last question, Alex? Um, yeah. Yeah. You said you were married, right? Yes. So, so how much um, of your wife's opinion in terms of your work, do you, you take on board? Like cause my wife is quite strong about my work saying this shit, Paul is awful. That's rubbish. So I was in, in, interested to, to see how much your um, other half influences what you do and how you do it, or does she influence it at all? Is she creative at all? I she suppose. is. She is. She she used to be very good at drawing and uh, things when she was younger, but she stopped doing that. She's she's more into like making things now. She does 
she likes to sew things and, and knit things and she makes all kinds of like textile fabric-y things. She just, so she, she's pansy and makes things, but she, but she doesn't paint or draw anymore. But uh, she likes my work and she just, she kind of just lets me get on with it. Um, she doesn't really have an opinion a lot of times. She says if she likes it or she doesn't like it, but most of the time it's quite positive. I think um, the thing that my wife finds most amusing is that is just how cliche of an artist I can sometimes be. You know, like <laughs> it's almost embarrassingly so. Like we laugh about it that you know when it's going well, you know I'm a genius and I'm jumping around the house and dancing and having a great time, <laughs> and then when it's going bad, like it's almost cinematic misery like sitting in the garden <laughs> with my head in my hands like you know like it's staring off into yeah like staring off into the distance with like a I single tear yeah like it's and she's like look at you she's like you look fucking ridiculous it's like i know i know i know <laughs> but it's true is that i'd have this this incredible ups and downs with art making and she takes the piss out of me for it but uh <laughs> But uh, no, she 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 generally likes it, which is good. Which is good. It's good. It's good. That is good. It does it does make for a happier life, I think. Easy enough. Yeah, yeah. you boys got it easy. Paul, I reckon <laughs> I reckon Ali might be a bit softer on you if you stop she's, she's, like eight and a half hours of experimental jazz every night. She's a liar. <laughs> she works in a law firm. She doesn't understand it. You know, yeah, she's got problems with you. you. I think that might all, be half of it. What are you doing with all your time? You could be charging for that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think it's, it's probably pretty... more putting up with you, Paul, than I, anything I agree, else. I agree, mate. I agree. So my shout-out this week is um, a really good book that I've had sat on the bookshelf for a little while called uh, Mythologica by artist and illustrator Victoria Topping. It's um, like an illustrated encyclopedia of ancient Greek like monsters and gods and mortals and oh. monsters. Did I say monsters twice? You did. It's Monsters, monsters. It's just... <laughs> I've actually got a piece of art of hers, like a, a fairly large print up on my stairs. Uh, I think it's called like First Kiss or something. It's really hard to explain what her stuff looks like, though. But it's kind of painted a little bit collagey. It's just, it's really bloody good. You just kind of need to see it. I think that's going to be the best way. Um, I will leave a link in the show notes um, to yeah, her website so you can hopefully go and buy her book there. It says it's sold out at the minute. You can get it on Amazon. Obviously, it's going to be much, much better to get it from Victoria's website directly. But I will I'll leave a link to both just in case it's still sold out on her website when this goes live. I'm going to just say one more thing. There's a guy called Beef underscore Bennett. B-E-N-N-E-T-T on Instagram. And I'm just going to say that. That's all you need to know. Beef Bennett. It's, it's, if you're both a bit punky skater boys, he's an artist and his work is, he's like a Welsh boy. And I've just come across him in the last couple of weeks. And um, yeah, just just go check him out. Beef underscore Bennett. You've just, you've just blown a perfectly good shout out for next week, mate. <laughs> well, it's all right. He's a, he's a Welsh <laughs> man. I'm giving him some love. Okay, well, uh, we'll give that one to him as a freebie, and then maybe next week, if you're still stuck, you can give him that as a proper one. Deal, deal. <laughs> You'll have to let me know before so I can cut it out and make all this look like it was never happening. <laughs> <laughs> I like the writing that he puts alongside his work. It's, like, it's kind of mind-bogglingly good. As always, the details to everything we've spoken about today will be in the show notes um i'll leave links in there as well if you buy anything through the amazon links we'll get a little cut but where you can try and buy stuff off the artist direct because you know we need to support the artists 
go check out um alex wilby's profile on instagram and his band uh, sorry i was gonna say Bandcamp. big cartel <laughs> jesus where did Bandcamp <laughs> come from Maybe one so, day. <laughs> if you go to at Alexander underscore will be, uh, it'll be linked in the show notes. And then there's a there's a link to your your merch table, your OnlyFans. <laughs> it's all in there, right? <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can follow us on uh, at Idle Hand Society. Who are we talking to next week, Paul? Joshua. Um, Joshua. Joshua Edge Goose. Edge Goose. Edge Goose, isn't it? <laughs> I call him Edge Goose. He knows that. <laughs> Whenever I see him, I call him Goosey now. That's his nickname. Goose. It's like, uh, what's it? Top Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to have to cut this out because it's also embarrassing and we've got to talk to him next week. <laughs> no, don't worry. When you see him, you've got to go, Goose. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thanks very much for your time, everybody. Thank uh, we'll you very much.